The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. On station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. On station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. On station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. On station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Assistant Choir Director Rose Bahaku Carter will sing for you an all-time favorite Jewish song, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, featuring Sally Spodkaf playing the flute. The title of this song, when interpreted, can be found in Psalms 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, 
they shall prosper that love thee. And here in the Apostolic Faith Church, we do pray daily for the peace of God's beloved Jerusalem. Edith Matsuka will accompany our choir on the piano and Rose Bahaku Carter on the organ.
And now we call upon our church band under my direction to play that enlightening rendition entitled, Open Thine Eyes, Thy Glory Beholding.
Coming up next will be our soloist, Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr., with that uplifting and spirited number, Let There Be Praise. Accompanying Timothy will be Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Boat Sr., and Mason Asylum Sr. on the guitars, Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. Yes, saints and friends, sing to our Lord Jesus Christ with praises and thanksgiving for all he has done, doing, and going to do. Fill your hearts with joy and proclaim to all the earth that Jesus Christ, he is king. For their final number, the church choir will sing that inspiring number of praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, entitled, How I Praise You. Please join in and sing along with our choir using the words provided for you on your television screen. 
The church orchestra under the direction of Trusty Associates Evansville Senior will now play in the twinkling of an eye.
call upon the vocal group BA Degrees under the direction of Rose Bohawk Carter to sing my journey to the sky with Yari Summers on the piano. And what is that journey to the sky? Why heaven, of course, to be with Jesus and all those who have gone before us. Yes, it will be a victorious reunion one with the other and never ever having to say goodbye. This song is dedicated to a faithful brother in Christ, Mr. Julio Cortez. We pray that our Lord Jesus Christ will keep you in the hollow of his sweet hands and be with you and strengthen you all the days of your life. The Lord bless you in this life and that to come. There's only one thing that I long for when I reach my home on high to see my Jesus in his glory and to reign with him on high i'll be so glad to see my mother who has gone gone on to that land oh but i long to see my jesus and rise Good morning, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give up their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents, willingly for the heart, for the glory of God, and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used in fact to help maintain these weekly telecasts. And through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for today and entitled, The Spirit of Determination. In the previous chapters of Acts, we saw the marvelous way in which God blessed the first church. The spirit-filled believers had witnessed many things, and with great boldness, the people turned to Jesus and his salvation. If Satan hates anything in this world, it is to see the church prosper, and souls baptized and filled with his spirit. 
Thus, he stirred up the religious leaders of that day to bring persecution upon the church. And isn't that true today? When God begins to bless a church, when the multitudes of souls are coming in, when there is a great spiritual revival among the people, what does the devil do? He often begins to work his mischief through church members. When trouble is stirred up, God's work is hurt. As the saints go out to witness for Jesus, a great work is done. But then the enemies of the gospel of the kingdom of God begin to persecute them. As true born-again Christians, we must stand with Jesus. Whatever happens, we must stand true to Christ. Jesus tells in Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Peter and John, through the name of Jesus, have performed a miracle in the healing of the lame man. The religious leaders became very angry. Can you imagine that? Here is a poor homeless person, lame from his birth, panhandling from a living. He is made every withhold and well, and to live a godly life, take his place in the community and probably support a family. These leaders were more than just angry. Their hearts were filled with jealousy and malice toward the disciples. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Here we see the first opposition to the preaching of the gospel. It is not the last. And they lay hold of Peter and John and cast into prison, as we read in Acts 4, 3 to 4. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. What's their crime? It was simply preaching the gospel and administering divine healing of the lame man. Today, there is still much opposition to the gospel that Jesus preached in power and demonstration of his Holy Spirit. We read in Mark 1, 14, 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Yes, the world is at enmity against God and the preaching of the gospel. Listen to Psalms 2, 1 through 4. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Actually, the devil is behind all opposition to the gospel. He began his opposition through forces outside the church. Later, we see this opposition arising inside the church. Satan began to cover up Christianity by ritualism and ceremony. Then he incited a wave of infidelity and agnosticism, which was followed by evolution and eventually modernism and the social gospel. There is a teaching going on about which maintains all men are brothers. Therefore, no man needs salvation. That is to be born again of water and of the Spirit. Satan hates the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the resurrection, the forgiveness of sin, and the salvation of souls. There is no question, wherever the gospel is preached, Satan is going to oppose it. 
We are told that these religious leaders were angered over what the apostles had preached. What had they preached? We read in Acts 4, 1 and 2. And as he spake unto the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Thus we see that the Sadducees were the leading force of the opposition, their belief being that there is no resurrection. Here we see Peter preaching that Jesus was raised from the dead. The Sadducees would have given all they had if they had gone, had, it could have gone to the tomb and shown that it was occupied, but they could not do it. The tomb was empty, and Jesus Christ was alive and well. This is the cornerstone of our faith. If Jesus died as a man and remained dead, we would not be worshiping him or God. But when he arose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave, he proved that he was the Son of God and that every word he said and every claim he made was true. We celebrate the resurrection, not merely on Easter morn, but every day of the year. Thank God our Redeemer liveth. We find that all authors or founders of various religions, including Buddha, Mohammed, Baha'i, Confucius, and others have died. Only Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, exalted, and made a high priest. Yes, Peter preached Jesus and his crucifixion. He had no other message. The death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus were fresh in his heart. Thus, that message, which was preached almost 2,000 years ago, is just as fresh today. Any message without Jesus is like a fountain without water, a garden without flowers, a heaven without stars, and a life without love. It is good for nothing and helps no one. Yes, they put Peter and John in prison. But what happened? In spite of their imprisonment, the number of believers increased by 5,000. Yes, the church was growing with the 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost, which made a grand total of 8,000. The number eight signifies a new beginning. The beginning of the true church is mentioned for the first time in Matthew 6, 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Therefore, despite all the persecutions, the church founded upon the rock, Christ Jesus, has prevailed despite the onslaught of the devil. Today, many people say, I don't like your sermons or your way, but nevertheless, without them, souls are still being saved. Let the devil fight. Let the world laugh. Let men criticize. As long as we continue to preach the gospel and snatch souls from this sin-sick world, we can rejoice and know that Jesus is well-pleased. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer, came to the Lord. He came to Jesus by night and hoping to learn about the way. He was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and probably of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not satisfy him. He was always searching for something that would bring him happiness. However, joy, happiness, and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sickness and diseases. Thus, under the cover of darkness, 
Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus. And when he had found the master, said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. And Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness upon this earth. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them, Jesus would say, you are seeking satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. Jesus said, as we find in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you may see many wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you never see the holy city of the new Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you will never see the land that is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you've been born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you call Mary who was praying in the upper room? On the day of Pentecost, Mary too received the gift of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Peter informs us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name in the world comparable to the name Jesus. And my friends in the viewing audience, this is the gospel that Peter and John were preaching and for which they both had been cast into prison. They had chosen to obey Jesus rather than men. Now let's focus upon Peter and John who were in prison. It was morning. The high priest and his family were all gathered together. They formed a council to try Peter and John. Jesus once instructed his disciples, we read in John 16, 33, these things that I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. How could Peter and John be extremely cool and unafraid in such an hour? 
they remembered the words of Jesus and commented. The Lord said this would happen to us. They remembered that Jesus had once been in this place, which they now occupy. And this thought gave them courage. You and I, many rough roads before us. If we remember that Jesus has been down every road that we must travel, and if we listen hard, we may hear him say, I will never leave nor forsake thee. This we need, never fear. One man will do to us. He will cause all things to work out all right. The council asked the apostles this question as we read in Acts 4, 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Now, this was a great opportunity for Peter to preach the gospel. The last time he was in the judgment hall, someone asked him if he were a follower of Jesus. He claimed he did not even know Jesus. But now, he stood before them. And without a tremor in his voice, he preached to those prominent and influential leaders, accusing them of killing the Prince of Glory. From whence did this great power come from? We read in verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Today, every preacher of the gospel must be filled with the Spirit. We read in Acts 1.8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And he shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Listen to Peter as he convicted the sinners who had come together to accuse them of a crime. Suddenly he was accused and they were the criminals. We read in verse 10, Be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he hath crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand here before you whole. He then speaks about the rejected cornerstone. Salvation was a very important word in Israel. For years they had longed for deliverance of their nation and for themselves as individuals. Here they made a major mistake. In erecting the building of salvation, they needed a chief cornerstone. And when God sent that stone, the Lord Jesus Christ, they rejected him and crucified him. God made him the center of salvation, as you read in 1 Corinthians 3.11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You and I are building on that foundation. There are many things we need to include in this life, such as good health, education, making a living, having friends and a home. However, unless we have Jesus in our lives, we can't do anything. He must be the head of all things, or life will be empty and hopeless. One of the greatest statements in the Bible was stated earlier, that of Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What's in a name, you ask? Everything, if that name is Jesus. Because of it, the lame man dawned a new body. There was sight for the blind Bartimaeus in that name. There was life for the dead Lazarus in that name. There was forgiveness for the simple woman in that name. And for you and I, who have been truly born of water and of the Spirit, there is salvation. Our names are written in heaven's book of life. There is adoption in God's family. There is comfort, strength, and peace. And at last, a home in heaven reserved in the name of Jesus. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 9-11, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. This has not yet come to pass, but it surely will happen when Christ comes again to rule and reign. In salvation, Jesus' name is the only saving name. God has never given us any other saving name nor two ways of salvation. Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. His name is first and last, and always the central theme in salvation. I call upon every other name in the world, and there is no response, no answer, no help for the soul. But when I call upon the name of Jesus, I hear him say, here am I, ready, willing, and able to save unto the uttermost and give you all the help that you need. When Peter ended his sermon, these men noted all that had transpired. They noted his bonus, which came through the power of the Holy Spirit. We read in the 13th verse of Acts, now when they saw the bonus of Peter and John and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And that is what the world needs to see today, to see Jesus in us. We ought to live today in such a way that those we come in contact with will say he is different. Listen to Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glory your Father which is in heaven. We see here that the preacher's power is not dependent upon education or training. These men had no worldly advantages, but they had spiritual power. There are certain denominations which will not permit anyone to preach in their church unless they have had college or seminary training. 1 John 2:27 reads, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and needing not any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth and is no lie. And even as it had taught you, ye shall abide in him. Therefore, the believer in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit himself, is the anointing by which the born-again person is set apart for service unto the Lord. He is not chosen by man, nor by a college seminary. Some of the greatest preachers who have preached the gospel were uneducated men. The apostles, except Paul, were all uneducated men. Their education and knowledge came from Christ Jesus when they saw the lame man who had been miraculously healed standing before them, they could say nothing against him. They saw a man no longer crippled and begging. He was standing and walking. They could say nothing of the power of Christ Jesus. Today, people look at the hypocrites and backsliders around them and declare that there is nothing following Jesus. But when you and I are changed and live as we should, they cannot lift their voices against our faith. Paul admonishes in Titus 1, 10 through 11, for they are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which ought not, 
for filthy lucre's sake. Thus, they commanded the apostles. We read in Acts 4, 18 to 20, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Will they be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. When the apostles were free, they went back. They went to their own companies. And now if you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To conclude our telecast for today, we call upon our church band to play Everlasting Life is Free.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.